TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous father of the year. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Damo. <laughs> father of the year. Oh, hi, Marcus. I thought you were well-deserving of that. I haven't uh, been nominated, but I'm sure you would win it. Put it of course you've been nominated. You're nominated at the moment you became a father. You know, they, it's only the famous people that get father of the year. That's, fun, that's funny, I think. You are the rock star, Damo, so you're in, hey, um, It's funny that you say that because... My, it was my... Um, what was it? It was my... Um, what's the word? I've gone mind blank. It was Your goal? attempt to segue into our topic for today's podcast. Ah, well, I was segueing and you cut me off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jumping all over you. All right. I'm on you. <laughs> That's all right. I was going to say, it's funny that you call me the father of the year because I probably am not... But the reason why we're thinking of that is because I've been thinking a lot about family and how important family is and how important family is to those people who live a long time. And I caught up with a lady last night who's 90 years old. She's a a, a patient of mine and I, I went round to her house and she full-time looks after her, sis, her daughter who's 70-something years old. And um, What's up with her daughter? Daughter's got chronic fatigue syndrome. Wow. And has had it for 20-something years or, or whatever. Um, and and they were, you know, beautifully reminiscing about all of their family that pop in to say hello and their guests who are, who are primarily and mainly family. And it got me thinking. And just recently um, on Facebook, there was this little picture that went around that said, you know, isn't it funny that the people, your, your first friends in life are your cousins and, you know, they're often the your best friends you've ever got and, you often forget about them, but have, who put your hand up or repost this if you've got the best cousins in the world? And bang, I was out there. I was posting it because, yeah, I have the best cousins in the world. I don't really think that your cousins would be better than my cousins, Marcus. Mine are definitely the best in the world. <laughs> and, uh, but isn't that interesting? And so then you think about oh, your aunties and your uncles and how much they mean, and then your brother is, and well, I've only got a brother, and I've got a stepbrother and a stepsister, but they mean a lot to me. And then you've got your mum and your stepmom, your stepdad, all these people that form your family. Um, are so important, and and it got me thinking. I, I, I bet you there's a link between longevity and family ties and family oh, relationships. Oh, Damo, my eyes are on the verge of watering uh, hearing you talk like that. It is beautiful because, uh, and you're right. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to give all the good stuff at the beginning, but there is some wonderful stuff on longevity and family. But we'll share that. We'll share that a little bit later. But Damo, you are like you literally make my heart sing when you talk like that because. Um, when you when you talk about your cousins being the best in the world, I'm just thinking of, of our four-year-old daughter, Maya, and her best friend is her cousin, Grace, who's five, who she looks up to so much. As soon as she's around Grace, she's just... Lit up. She's this whole... New, yeah, she just lights up. Like, and I feel like lighting up is not explaining it well enough. And every every single person out there would understand the feeling. Like We've all gone through that part of our life where there's someone in your life who's just that little bit older that you just admire so much oh yeah um 
And every, I'm sure there's someone, everyone in the world would have that, would, would know a person at some stage in their life that they've just admired so much. Um, and it's beautiful to watch, isn't it, Damon? And you can't, you can't ignore that, you couldn't argue that that's not so, so wonderfully beneficial for, for health and, and, and lifeful stuff. Well, you know what's, um, what's, oh, what's happened there? Something happened to the sound. Are you okay? You got me? Yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Oh, good, great. Okay, there's something with the sound. Sorry, mate. Um, what's uh, what's amazing about this is that uh, you, you tend to get a bit sentimental. So there'll be people that are actually listening to this right now. Just the introduction, I'll be thinking, oh, haven't spoken to Papa for a little while. Haven't called Nana for a bit. Um, yes. Might get on the blower. Yes. Jeez, I love my mum. She's the best. And, and I mean that. My mum is the best. But there'll be people actually thinking out there, um, I love my mum so much. Um, I've got to get yeah. on the phone. And they might even pause our podcast right now give their parents or their family a bit of a call or just send them a little texty just to let them know that they still exist. So um, it is a very important thing. And, and I know that just uh, recently feeling quite sentimental as I've done a lot of travel, I'm about to embark on another three weeks worth of travel where I will hardly see my family at all. And I think, oh, I bet you that's going to shorten my telomeres. I bet you that's going to affect my longevity. I bet you I'm not going to live as long because I'm not spending as much time with my family. So I've got to find other ways to fill that bucket with my family, and that'll be Skype. Thank goodness for Skype. It'll be the mobile phone, which is an incredible invention. Thank you. Um, but it's it's that sort of that's but they're FaceTime. the things that I love. You can't do FaceTime, sorry though. You know, <laughs> sorry. FaceTime. What's just, FaceTime? I'll do Black, Blackberry Messenger. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. There we go. Um, <laughs> FaceTime. But a couple of things there, Damo. A couple of things. You said that about being away for three weeks and. And Lawrence Tam put a post on Facebook probably a couple of months ago now, and my wife really resonated with my wife because he said um, leaving family behind sucks big time. It was a photo of just the blue sky. He was in the plane. It sucks leaving family behind. Um, uh, but then the next sentence was excited to be seeing you know my tribe in Melbourne. I think it was he was going for a, a drive your practice coaching event. Um, so. There's always the there's the positive and the negative though, isn't there, Damo? Because you wouldn't feel probably fully yourself if you weren't going on this three week um, professional adventure. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your family on. doesn't want you to minimise yourself in spite of them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So I, do. Um, this is, I was just because even though Damo, you're saying that there's people right now that are you know, calling their parents or messaging their kids or whatever they're doing. There's a lot of people out there, Damo, that don't have empowering family relationships. And I was going to probably not bring this up, but I feel like it wouldn't be right if we didn't bring this up. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that don't feel um, that just for whatever reason um, don't feel that their family unit is that strong. And I don't, I'm a big. I'm a. You and I both. We've done a lot of Demartini's work before. So my whole view is that nothing's ever missing, right? So if your mum's passed on, or your dad's passed on, or you just don't have a mother or father figure, uh, you don't have a, your mum or dad are close to. There's always someone in your life that is a mother or father figure. It might be fractured in its presence, but it's still there, right? Oh yeah, that's very true. Absolutely. Like I know, just just growing up myself, my folks split up when I was ten. Um, and so we lived with our mum. We had our dad. We were with our dad on weekends, but we often had um, we often had um, uh, a father figure in our life Monday to Friday. 
So I think it would be, you know, remiss to actually say, well, your family unit might not be, you know, there's, there's not many people out there these days, are there, with what we would call conventional families. We've all got, uh, can you say the word dysfunctional families? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit of dysfunction in everyone's family. I know some of the most beautiful families in the world. But there's just that element of dysfunction that just keeps you smiling going, mm, yeah, my family's still awesome, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a bit wrong. I don't know if that's wrong to say, but I, uh, I, I do have a look at people and I go, hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, um, I was hearing a story the other day of a, a family I know that doesn't have any separations or divorces or anything. You know, they're just a just family, right? Imagine that. Some of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Although Sarah's family is very, very functional in that sense. Um, everyone's together and all the rest of it. But but wow. still, um, I was thinking, I was hearing some stories of another family and I was thinking, wow, that's some dysfunction there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I look at our family on paper and everyone's, not everyone's, but there's a lot of separations, second marriages, this, that and the other, um, spouses that have passed away and then, you know, the the surviving spouse remarries and all the rest of it. Um, but it's beautiful, isn't it? Because it just makes me realize that you don't have to have the Brady Bunch family to have family. Yeah. You can have a very, on paper, dysfunctional family but still feel like you've got the best family in the world. Yeah, that's true. And I think that, is that, that's all about love, communication, um, touch. Um, I think all of those things, you know, kind of make a beautiful family, isn't it? Like it's the amount of interaction, the conversations, the time spent, the moments that you look in someone's eye. It, it's all of those things that are, are really important. So it's the feeling. Yeah. Rather feeling. Than, it's it. the feeling rather than the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the people can come and go. Like again, just as a child growing up, my mum would um, – my mum, you know, had one boyfriend for five years and she had another one for six or seven years. Now yep. she's got her life partner. But yeah. um, there was all, you know, this, the people can, people can change in your family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like you've got younger brothers or sisters who have got boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. Um, and, and they might be 16 or 17. They've got a girlfriend for six months and they've got a girlfriend for a year. Uh, then they've got a different girlfriend for another six months. Um, <laughs> It can change, but you still have you still have great what you would call family moments. It's all just a part of the family dynamic, isn't it? There is some feelings, you know. I've, I've, my stepbrother, um, he is married to a most beautiful girl. She's just such a great, a gorgeous girl. And um, my stepbrother's previous wife was equally a gorgeous girl, and I still think very fondly of her. And his previous girlfriends, there's a couple of them that I thought were absolutely amazing, and I still keep in touch with them. You know, like really. So, which is yeah, I do. That and is, you just, are very good at that, man. But what, here's the, that, yeah. but Go because on. they make you feel so good, you know, and yeah. you want to have them part of your entourage because they are they're the people that that at some point in your life meant a whole lot. And even your school friends, your school buddies. I think my school friends that I've kept in touch with are more like family than just buddies. You know what I mean? Because you hang on to those, and your friends can come and go, but your family with you forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, you got me thinking. Um, so I just there was one other thing that you said, Damo, that I think we have to talk about. Um, what was with that, your, mate? With your travels and oh, yes. with family, we have to remind ourselves that it's it's got to be quality time, not quantity time. Yeah, that's quantity, very important. Quantity is good when you've got it, but if you don't have it, 
you've just got to make sure that the time with your family is quality time. Yeah. You know, you're a good example of this at the moment with your upcoming travels. I think of LT. I think of a lot of people listening that are in fly-in, fly-out families. Yeah. That's true. Heaps that, of that. I know I've got some great... I think of people... I'm just thinking about that now where, you know, mums and dads are away apart from each other and, and from the family for sometimes up to six or eight weeks and it could be months, you know. And But they have this beautiful family when they're together. The moments are you know, crystal clear and... It's, it's beautiful to watch and beautiful to see, you know. Well, I remember seeing a, um, a reunion of a fly-in, fly-out. The dad had arrived home. They were, they were patient um, Sarah's, and the reunion actually happened in the in the clinic for a number of different reasons. I'm not sure why, but the first time they all saw each other was, was in the practice. And um, and I saw him hug his child, and I was like, wow, like that was just incredible, like beautiful experience. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like I love, I love. I mean, every dad that's listening and every mum that's listening loves that feeling of when you haven't seen your child for whether it's a day or a week or a month. Just that there's a depth to that first hug. Yeah, isn't there? It's you so know? in. Like you just bring them right into you, take them in with your breath. Yeah, it's amazing. And and if it's a week, it's it's deeper than a than a day. Yeah. So for those families that have those hugs six and eight weeks apart, I mean that's a hug that I I, I cannot even relate to. I've gone well, that long without seeing my child, so there's a there's yeah. a without trying to you know balance the argument out too too much. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how the how how the FIFOs do it. It, it just it, it, the mind boggles how 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 uh, families make it work, but they do. But the benefits of of it is that they almost have this depth to the relationship with their spouses and their kids that you know parents like myself who see my kids every day most of the time. We don't have that. Yeah, yeah. So, quality over quantity. Good points. Good points. I think it what still is- comes back. You know, I think the reason why I'm sentimental today about it is because, and I, I know that we don't like to date, date stamp things, but it's Anzac Day today, right? And my grandfather's ninety-five, and he's always shied away from going to the marches and going to the dawn services and all those sorts of things because it reminds me of all of his mates that he's lost. Wow. Um, but he would much rather spend time with his family. And so I think, oh, good on you, Papa. Like, you're such a, you know, he's, he's a family man, you know. He could spend his whole day, his whole life, surrounded by one or two family members every single day, and he would he would never die. He would just live forever because that just floats his boat. Wow. Mm. So I'm a- sentimental about that today because I'm hanging to see my grandpa, my Papa. Well- and uh, and speak to him because it is Anzac Day, and you know, thank you to all of those Anzacs who have served for our countries, Australia and New Zealand, and obviously anyone else living around the world. If you, for those of of you who have served your country to protect it um, and to provide for us an amazing life, thank you very much. Um, but it's it you know it's beautiful to have your family around you. May I asked at breakfast this morning to to tell for me to tell her a story about when people fight each other. Um, she often just asks me to tell her stories, and and she she knows that it's Anzac Day today, but she's obviously four and a half, and she's still learning about what it's all about. So she asked me to tell her a story wow. about when people fight each other, and and I told her pretty much the Anzac story about when the Aussies were uh, fighting the Turks, but how they actually became you know close close friends. And um, I say that because it has no relevance to to generally the topic, but just because what you're saying about about your grandfather. But one of the big things that I, I've learned from just even the whole war experience from hearing, listening to other people's stories of war is that 
is it family is is <laughs> it's just it's why they go to war and it's what they miss when they're at war yeah you know, yeah. it's the, it's the weirdest thing. It's just family just transcends everything, and and it is like the it's the reason for being of everything, isn't it? Like everyone that's alive has a family. If you know what I mean, you cannot be brought into this world um, in any other way. Yeah. So whether they're close, not close, whatever. I mean, the 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 value, the impact of family is just just incredible. But particularly at times where your survival is threatened the most, like in a war or whether chronic disease. I mean, you spoke last uh, previously, just earlier, about your nine-year-old patient with the uh, daughter that has chronic um, fatigue syndrome. Now, regardless of whether we did podcasts on all the different ways that you could help and heal from chronic fatigue syndrome, what sounds like one of the major benefits of her daughter having chronic fatigue syndrome is the is the closeness that that family has mm-hmm. as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that is. So, I mean, that, that would be the benefit, and that's that whole balance, isn't it? Mate, um, I'm just thinking, what, is there any research out there that talks about um, how important family is or those clo- that feeling of family, not, not necessarily your blood family, if, if those people that are listening to this call at the moment are thinking, oh, my family sucks, um, but you've got friends who are more like family than the actual you know, birth yep. family. Can I share? Yeah, please. Can you tell okay. me? Okay. Um, this is a great story um, by Malcolm Gladwell in the book, I'm sure it's in Outliers, and the story goes that in the 50s in America, there was the, the heart disease epidemic pretty much came to the nation's attention. Um, and there was a township um, in Pennsylvania called Rosetta, a Rosetto, um, yeah. which uh, experienced little to no heart disease. And this baffled, this absolutely baffled, obviously, the medical establishment at the time. Rosetto had been established in the 1880s when um, people from Rosetto, Italy had migrated over to America for greater opportunities and they settled in Pennsylvania and developed their own town called Rosetto, Pennsylvania. And the, um, one of, the, medi- one of, the, um, one of the, the local doctors was having a beer with another local doctor in the summer of sometime in the 50s and they were doing it in Pennsylvania somewhere and, and um, the local doctor said to the uh, holiday doctor, you wouldn't believe the um, um, the low number of Rosettans that are developing heart disease. Um, let's just say it was one in two Americans um, were developing it. Well, there was it was none. Let's say in Rosetto, and they said, "Well, hold on a minute, we've got to find out why." Yeah. And so they started doing all of the tests. They did the ECGs and did all of the different scans and whatever else they had back in the fifties, and they couldn't they couldn't find. Anything. They were all healthy, but some of them, Damo, um, were obese. Some of them actually didn't look like a picture of health. So they started studying their lifestyle. They looked at their food and they looked at, okay, is it something in the food? Are they getting the best olive oil? Are they getting all of the healthy fats? They found that they were eating pizzas on white flour, full of salami, <laughs> with um, poor quality ingredients because it was too expensive to get their high quality ingredients over from Italy. What's the secret? So they ruled out the food. They looked at, well, is it exercise? You know, are they, are they climbing hills and mountains? They found that they weren't doing much exercise at all. They, were, they, they had their veggie patches. They had their gardens. They were living, you know, off the land, some of them. But it was nothing in their exercise patterns that showed any kind of secret. They then looked at, um, was it their genes? So they looked at other people from Rosetta who had migrated to other parts of America but the other Rosettans who were living in other parts of America were in the same statistical group as other Native Americans. Um, 
so it wasn't a gene thing because the other people with the same gene profiles were suffering heart disease at the same rate as other Americans. Wow. And I thought, well, is it the air? Is it the air of this Pennsylvanian village? And then they were, so they went and looked at the neighboring villages, which were French and German, and the French and Germans were suffering the same rates of heart disease as the other Americans. Wow. So it wasn't something in the air. So then they were pretty much gobsmacked. They didn't really have an answer. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's like in a medical establishment, when you don't have an answer, you just don't tell anyone. Yeah. So they essentially gave up. But on, uh, let's call it for the sake of Hollywood, let's say on the very last day before they packed up, they went for a walk down the street of Rosetta, Pennsylvania, and all of a sudden it dawned on them. The social interconnectedness of this town was by far and away totally different to any other town in America. Wow. The family dynamic and the social community was so far different that they had to study it more. So they went and looked at their social dynamics. In Rosetto, Pennsylvania, families of three or more generations lived with each other happily. It was a privilege to have your parents live and die in the same home as you. It was a privilege to have your grandparents live in the same home as you. On weekends, all of the communities, all of the, the whole community banded together for big barbecues, big, big gatherings, big um, just social gatherings. Um, there was so much interconnectedness. When um, uh, there was no social uh, class in terms of the rich would mingle with the poor, um, if things happened, uh, let's say someone went bankrupt or there was a tragedy in the family, the whole community would bandy together and support those people. Um, there was a great uh, sense of connectedness and belonging, which is something that in the rest of America, uh, and particularly if you look at even 65 years later, a lot of people don't have that. And so all the research suggested that the answer to Rosetto's health was their family because they ruled out every single other uh, measurement of, of health that we know of. That's amazing. That sounds like Ikaria. It's, it, is, it exactly sounds like Ikaria. I was going to say that at the beginning as well. That's Ikaria to a T, isn't it? Yeah, that's very cool. Oh, gee, I love that. That's such a good story. That's it's a great the, story. The number one nutrient to health and aging well is... And we say this all the time, don't we, Damo? Yep. Social connectedness. Yep. Family. Yep. It's it's just number one. And exercise. I was going to say this earlier. I didn't get to say it. To, to, I didn't actually remember to say it. But yeah, we've just had serious folks up here for a week to help us settle into Byron Bay, and and they left on on uh, Wednesday. And um, I thought Maya would would take it the hardest, but Sarah was the one that struggled with this the most. Sarah was in tears. She couldn't. She she didn't even um, prepare for the fact that she would be. Um, as tearful as as she was, um, even to, you know at night um, when the kids were asleep, I, I was still consoling her on the couch, and she just said, "I didn't realise how much it would have an effect on me not having my my mum and dad you know close by." She said, "Even though we're only a two hour flight, I still feel so far away." Yeah. Um, and it just makes you realise, you know, how close um, you know family is, and you know we've got our own. Um, Ways to mitigate that, you know. I still, I still think that we, I would still love to to have Sarah's parents live with us, you know, in the next ten or twenty years. Um, I don't want our parents living in a home. Um, I just don't feel that it's the way that I want it want it to go. And I think a lot of that's come about because of what you know, uh, the Icarians and what the Rosettans and what a lot of other traditional lifestyles teach us. Is it? I don't want our parents. That opens up a whole new conversation about that, doesn't it? Because 
I know some people whose parents live in a home um, and they absolutely love it. They love it, you know, and they couldn't think of anything worse than being, you know, in a bungalow or at the back or having to deal with kids in the morning or whatever else. They love their freedom, their independence, and they love that they're in a place where they're being well looked after. But then yep. you're saying you would love your your in-laws and your parents to be all living in with you guys. Yeah, and that's that's why you know I said earlier on our previous podcast, I dare not paint everyone with the same brush. Yeah, uh, there's too many people out there enjoying um, the you know, the retirement village experience or even the nursing home experience. But the nursing home experience is different. If you've that's got different. some, that's if your parent you know suffering from dementia and you're not in a position to care for them, that's a whole different kettle of fish. That's true. Um, yeah. I'm probably more talking about just you know studies to help prevent. Dementia would suggest that having a level of connectedness to others goes a big way to helping prevent it. So I would be more inclined to actually say, well, when my parents are in their 70s or 80s or whenever it is that they choose that they would actually feel really good about living not just the two of them, yeah. I, would, I would love to be able to say, you are welcome in our house. Yeah. Um, but again, everyone's different. Yeah, I love that. Love oh, we it. could talk about this forever, Damo. We could, couldn't we? I love it. But if it, if it does, if you do think that this probably isn't a big ingredient in your life as it could be, Damien and I would highly recommend you know incorporating more family into your lifestyle uh, because again, everyone that we've researched and interviewed and listened to would suggest that having a sense of community at the very least and having a really strong sense of family is the number one ingredient into living a life of quality and quantity. Damo, thanks again as always. It's great to have your wisdom on the show. Remember folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. There's a number of ways to leave it. You can go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also remember, tickets are available for the Wellness Summit. So go to thewellnesssummit.com. We'd love to have you in Melbourne this uh, August 16 and 17 at Crown. Uh, Going to be a very exciting event. And remember, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.